Hello and welcome to episode 6 of the Finlay Carmichael PT podcast. Now this one is going to be all about actionable steps that you can take to change your body. Because I think there's loads and loads of information out there, but people struggle to know exactly what to do. Um, so yeah, I was kind of going to call this how to achieve our trans- transformation or something like that. But I thought the actionable steps would help give you some actionable points that you can start incorporating into your daily life, into your routine, into your habits that you can make in order to start making some positive changes to your body. This essentially is a a breakdown of what I would do with clients that I have. Um, So this is essentially how I would work with my clients in order to give them steps so that they know exactly what they need to do to improve. And it's not like there's magic steps. It's not like um, you don't have to do anything and you'll just automatically get better just by reading this. It's going to take some hard work to actually implement these things into your life. And it's not like it's going to be easy. But yeah, as long as you can just ensure that you're progressing and take these steps to improve, then you will see that you, you over time, make changes. So the first and the biggest one is calories. Now, I know this sounds probably a bit boring. Um, You're probably like, right, what's the secret? But to be honest, calories are the most important thing that you need to look at if you're not seeing changes in your body. You need to ensure you're in a calorie deficit. Now, I'm going to give you an example of a girl called Karen. Now, Karen is an average female because as due to the government guidelines, an average female needs about 2,000 calories to maintain her weight. Now, obviously, this calling someone average um, is very hard to determine because they've got, you've got ages like muscle masses, weight, height, and a load of different factors that probably don't make sense to just call someone average. But let's just call this Karen an average size female and she needs 2000 calories to maintain her weight if she eats more than that number she is going to gain weight that's what we call a calorie surplus if she eats any less than that that is going to be called a calorie deficit which is exactly what we need to ensure that we are in now the more aggressive you diet so the the further you put yourself into a deficit aka the less calories you eat the harder it's going to be to sustain So if you drop from 2,000 calories, which is the maintenance, to 1,800, this is going to put you in a deficit, but only by 200 calories. So this isn't much of a deficit. Um, So it'll probably make it easier to maintain, although you won't see progress as fast. So you've got to kind of weigh up your options. Now, for the general person, there will be times where there'll be periods of times where you can diet harder than other times. So if you're someone who has a stressful period of work coming up, or if you have a lot of social events upcoming, <laughs> probably, let's hope, that is very soon. Um, I'm sure we all need a good night out on the, the Mad Dog 2020. Um, but yeah, if, you, if you've if you got like a, a less, a, a more stressful period of time coming up, then it's going to be a lot harder to diet and maybe forcing yourself to try and stick to this rigid routine and stick to this um, calorie amount that you're giving yourself 
it might be the wrong time to try and do this. Really, we want to try and diet when our stress is low and when we've got like a free run of weekends when we don't have too much on um, social event wise. I know a lot of people in the summers always have a lot of weddings on and stuff, so that makes it a lot harder to progress. So you've just got to think about where you are and if it's the right time to try and sort of go more intense for 8, 12, 16 weeks, whatever it might be. Um, so that would be a number one factor on whether you can actually stick to your diet or not. Now, um, tracking would obviously be the most efficient way of ensuring that you are in a calorie deficit. If you've listened to me before, you'll probably know that I'm a big fan of tracking your calories if you're trying to maximize the progress you're going to make short term. Now, the the reason for this is that when you track your calories, you know exactly what you're eating and it's going to educate you more on the foods that you're consuming, on the, the amount that you're eating, on portion sizes, and you're going to learn a whole lot more than just getting given some plan taking a food plan off the internet or whatever it might be, um, you're going to learn a lot more and educate yourself a lot more in the long term. Now, if you do want to track your calories and you're not sure how, I have a link in my Instagram. So if you go into the Instagram um, and just click that link, you'll be able to download my free like My Fitness Pal guide. And that's just basically a guide that talks you through exactly how to use My Fitness Pal. Um, if you can't find that, then just give me a message. But that's just one way of making sure that you're in a calorie deficit. As long as you're tracking sort of consistently, you're tracking accurately and stuff like that, you should see progress. Now, it's not that tracking is the only way of being in a calorie deficit. You can not track your food and still be in a calorie deficit. For example, you could just focus on making small changes in your diet gradually. Now, this will lead you to losing weight as long as, again, you're being consistent with it and you're being accurate. So, for example, swapping oils that you might cook with for low-calorie sprays, swapping fizzy juice um, for diet variations or water, Re simply reducing your portion sizes, so maybe like portions of rice, maybe three quarters or half of what you have and try and increase your portion of protein and the portions of veg that you're consuming. Even things like drinking a big glass of water or having a protein shake before you sit down to eat your meal will help because it's going to fill you up before you actually eat. Like all these little tricks are just ways that we can use to make it more likely that we're going to eat less. Same with intermittent fasting. Eating less hours in a day um, isn't some magic trick, but it's probably going to help us eat less calories during the day because we've got less time to do it. Even things like eating on a smaller plate. So putting your meals on a smaller plate, um, mentally, it makes you feel like you're eating more because you are, you feel like you're not, you're eating more because it's on a small plate. So all these things are little tips and tricks that you can use to try and ensure that you're in a calorie deficit. But the number one factor that we need to ensure if you're trying to lose fat or lose weight um, the, the number one factor we need to ensure is that we are in a calorie deficit if you're not in a deficit your body will not lose fat or weight so just realize that um, it's not the potatoes that might make you put on weight it's not a certain type of chocolate although that might cause you to 
overconsume and overeat those calories. It's not that that food is making you put on weight. Now, number two is protein. This is another thing you'll have heard me talk about a lot. And protein is uh, probably the number one factor um, after calories, obviously, when it comes to dieting. Now, we want to ensure that we're eating adequate protein because mainly this is going to help us keep muscle as we diet down. So if you imagine a marathon runner via sprinter, the sprinter is going to be said to have a better physical look or appearance to his body, um, better looking aesthetically because he has more muscle and it looks more toned and defined. Now, um, this is simply because he has a higher muscle mass. So as we diet down, we want to ensure that we keep as much muscle as we can in our body to lead us to look more lean, toned and defined. Now, as for amounts, we want to aim for around about one gram per pound of body weight. So if you are Karen, maybe you weigh 150 pounds, we'd want to try and consume around about 150 grams of protein. Now, depending on how serious you're taking it, you might want to start a little bit less than that um, and then build up to it. I mean, if you're very, very ex experienced in the gym, then you'll probably need around about that much. If you're not so experienced, you might be starting from a little further back. So yeah, rather than just, let's say you, let's say Karen just now only eats 50 grams of protein a day, rather than going straight from 50 grams to 150, that's probably quite unrealistic. And for Karen to to do that, that's going to take massive changes that are probably going to be unsustainable. She might manage it for a week or two, but after a week or two, it's unlikely that Karen can sustain that all of a sudden 100 grams extra a day of protein. So rather than that, what I try, try and get my clients to do is maybe go from 50 grams of protein to 80, maybe then from 80 to 100, from 100 to 120, and then from 120 to 150. And this is much, this will happen over a longer, a much longer period of time. But doing it in this fashion, in this sort of slow and more sustainable way, will allow her to create longer term changes and be able to stick to them for longer. Now, if you massively changed and you added in 100 grams of protein for maybe four weeks, you'd see a lot of change within that time. But then after that, it's unlikely that you're going to be able to stick with that longer term. And therefore, the changes will be short term. Whereas if we can gradually build up that amount of protein that you're consuming, you're much more likely to be able to fit it into your lifestyle, into your eating habits as a much more sustainable um, fashion. So yeah, realize that it's not always like faster is better. And sometimes it will be much more beneficial to just think, take, take things a little slower and then not stress out for not having to do it over a period of six weeks, 12 weeks, whatever it might be. The longer term approach for a lot of people will lead to much better changes long term than stressing about doing these things over a period of a set amount of weeks or a short term period. So the next thing we should be looking at is your training. Now, a lot of people will go to the gym and do classes and maybe go in and do cardio. And all this is really good. But to change your body, we need to ensure that we are building muscle. This is a key factor 
to changing your body and how it actually looks rather than just losing weight. You could go into the gym five times a week and run half an hour every night and you'd probably end up losing weight. But your body might not look that much better because you don't have an increase in muscle and because you're probably losing fat and muscle rather than just mostly fat, which is what we would want to do. So yeah, this is a key factor to ensuring you're changing shape. Now, when we sort of put together our weight training program, we need to ensure that we have a, a good enough program to follow. Now, the way I would go about making a program for someone, first of all, is I would ask them how many times a week they can train. Because you, the training should be based around your life and you shouldn't have to base your life around the training. So I could say to someone, yeah, to get the best results, you could train six times a week. But if that's not doable for that person, then it's pointless me even giving them that program. So when people start with me and their online coaching or a fat loss program, I will send them a questionnaire and this will ask them how many times a week they can commit to training. Now, if this is only three, that's fine. If it's six, that is also fine. But whatever you can do is enough. So for the average person, I would say between three and five gym sessions would be ideal. Um, there's a number of different ways you can set this up. So the way I would do it is if someone said to me they could train three times a week, I would either give them three full body sessions or I would give them one full body, one upper, one lower. Or if they maybe said they could do five times a week, if it was a female, I'd probably put them on three times lower body, two times upper, um, because generally a female look to train more legs and tone up her sort of glutes and stuff more. Um, whereas a male, if they could do five times a week, I would probably do them three times upper and two times lower because there's going to be a bit more of a focus towards the upper body with a male. Obviously, this is um, specific to the person. So, yeah, the other thing is that we need to ensure that we're following an actual program rather than just doing general um, exercises and more random stuff each time. So, if you... Uh, the way Alex think it, if you do random exercises, you're going to get random results. So if you go in and just do um, maybe like upper body one day, lower body the next, full body the next day, and you're not really tracking what you're doing, it's, it's all kind of random and you're not, you don't really have something that you're specifically following. Yes, you are going in and yes, you are doing something, which is much better than doing nothing. But in order to maximize our progress, I would look to get you following a set routine. Now, this routine might stay the same for four weeks, might stay the same for eight or 12 weeks. It's totally dependent on the person. And I would probably change it when they stopped making progress. Um, but yeah, following a set program, a set training program, a set weight training program will maximize the benefit of your gym routine. Now, this is totally dependent on the person, um, what exercise they do and the split that they're doing. And volume-wise, as in how many sets, reps they're doing, will depend on the person's experience and stuff like that too. So I'm not going to go and give you like set plans. But what I would like to see you doing and what I get my clients to do is 
I get them following the plan and then I get them recording their weights and sets and reps. So for example, for my online clients, they will follow my program through the app, which allows them to put in, they've got the exercises, all the exercises there, all their, all their training sessions on the app. They go into the app, they can see, for example, the first exercise might be back squats, let's just say three sets of 10. Now, week one, they might write in that they did 40 kilos times 10 for three sets. Now, week two, we would want to try and improve on this. This isn't going to, you're not going to improve on that every single week, but over time, we want to see you're progressing because without progressing, you won't change. And ensuring that we're pushing ourselves in the gym is going to make a massive difference to your results. The harder you can train, the more changes you will see. So if I see someone that started off with a back squat, 40 kilos times 10 reps, and eight weeks later, they're still doing the same weight, that shows me that they're not really progressing and that something needs to change. Either they're not just not aware that they need to be pushing themselves a little bit more and trying to progress the weight. Um, maybe they're really struggling and they start off too heavy. Whatever that reason might be, we need to change something in order to ensure that they are progressing. So this is just an example, but week one, someone does 40 kilos times 10 reps of a back squat. Week two, I would like them to then try that weight for, let's say, 12 reps. If week two, they managed all three sets, week three, they could come back, but increase the weight to 42 and a half kilos, and, but go back to 10 reps. So that way, we've week one, we've done 10 reps. Week two, we've added two reps a set. Week three, we've added weight, but come back down to, f but to 10 reps. And then week four, they might try and do that for 12 reps. And over time, this doesn't seem like much and it doesn't seem like a massive change or a ma massive difference that you're doing. You, you stick an extra kilo, 1.25 kilos each side of the bar and you're doing the same amount of reps. So week to week, it doesn't seem like much, but it, it's the same as with dieting. These short-term changes, these, these short-term adaptations, they make a massive difference over a period of time. Because if you could do an extra couple of week, extra couple of reps every single week, by week 12, you're going to add a lot of weight and you're going to be doing a lot more than you did when you started just because you've increased gradually over the period of time. Now, you won't be able to add two and a half kilos every week unless you're fairly new to training, fairly new to the gym. But just ensuring that you are trying to beat whatever you did previously will make a massive difference. So if you're not working with me and you 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 sort of aren't sure of what to do, simply just write down your training plan, write it on a bit of paper. Every time you go into the gym, take your phone, write it on your notes, and then just note down what weight you've done for how many sets and reps. Every single week, try and match or beat what you've done last week. Now, you won't be able to beat it every week, but as long as you know what you've done, last week and the previous weeks and you know that you're improving this will give you much more motivation to keep going compared to just doing random workouts every single time you go into the gym because yes you might be using weights and yes you might be getting training done which is really really good and that is much better than doing nothing but ensuring that you are progressing will give you much more motivation and you'll be able to see these little changes over time 
And then that leads into rather than just thinking about going in and exercising, this is where the exercising become starts to become training because you are feel like your space training specifically to improve and not just to burn calories. You can see your body changing as you get stronger. And that is a, a key factor into changing your body. The next one is a step count. So generally, I will give my clients a step count. Now, I know everyone says try and do 10,000 steps. And here's a little fact. If you didn't know, that came from Asia, I think. I think it was China. And there's no real reason behind the 10,000 steps a day. It's just that it was a random round number that someone made up. So 10,000 isn't like a magical number that as soon as you hit 10,000 steps, you have completed it, mate. <laughs> um, so yeah, don't. it doesn't need to be 10,000. If you are, let's say, at work and you've got a desk job and your name's Karen again, you're doing maybe 4,000 steps a day. Apologies to anyone called Karen, by the way. I'm not picking on you. I just, that's the first name that came to my head. Um, I think I was actually watching Selling Sunset and Karen was on it. Maybe Karen wasn't. I'm not sure. But if you've not seen Selling Sunset, I would get on that because that is a key factor to progressing your knowledge in houses. <laughs> um, I don't know why I'm talking about that. So, yeah, if you're Karen at work, Sell, selling houses and you do 4,000 steps a day then what you might try and do is rather than go f straight to 10 like the protein thing we were just trying to increase so maybe adding 2,000 steps to your current routine this will make a massive difference although it doesn't seem like it again like your training like your protein these small increases will make big changes over time as long as you are consistent with it now, the 2,000 steps a day probably doesn't seem like much. It's probably like, that is probably 20 to 30 minutes walking extra. But if you can do that seven times a week, that's going to add up. And 2,000 steps a day extra over a period of seven days is 14,000 steps. 14,000 steps a week multiplied by four. If any of you are really good at maths, you can tell me what that is. But mm, 14, 28... Yeah, it's probably like 50,000 steps or so. And if you manage to do that three months in a row, let's say you've managed 150,000 extra steps. That might not seem like much every single day, that little half hour that you're doing. But over a period of time, that really, really adds up. So don't don't think that by oh, it's only I'm only improving by this much. It's not enough. I should be doing 10,000. Oh, I'm doing 10,000. I should be doing 20,000. Anything that you can improve on is an improvement. So don't don't like put yourself down for it. I don't see other people and compare yourself to these other people that are getting 30,000 steps a day because the reality is they probably don't even realize why they're doing it. So this is a big thing to think about and try and realize that you just need to improve on what you're currently doing rather than comparing yourself to what other people are doing. If you are improving on what you're doing, you are going to get better. So focus on you. So, so far we have calories, protein, training, and then step count. Now the next one is going to be cardio. So cardio is a tool that we can use to increase the calories we are burning. 
you could do it in a variety of ways. You can do it in different days. You can do it on the same day that you're weight training. It doesn't overly matter. Um, if you maybe can only train three days a week, I would probably say to add in some cardio because this is going to help increase your energy expenditure. If you were training five times a week, rather than train on the other two days, you might want to just add a, a cardio session after your um, weight training session, maybe like half an hour after or so. But yeah, your, your cardio could be hit and it could be slow and steady state. So hit and slow and steady state are the main two forms of cardio. Now, hit is the more intense, um, more like 20 to 30 minutes at the most high intensity interval training is what that stands for whereas slow and steady state is more like a slow steady jog or a cycle or just less intense but for a longer period of time now depending on how many times a week you're training um, will probably depend on what you want to look at doing but for the majority of people I probably would say that slow and steady state is probably the way to go. It's less intense in the body. It's less stressful. It's going to allow your body to recover more from the weight training sessions. So even going for like a 40-minute cycle, it's just going to allow you to still keep yourself moving, burn extra calories, but not be overly intense. And I think a lot of people think that if they're not like dying, lying on the floor, giving it all, like that whole go harder, go home um, sort of mindset that they've not done enough. And you just try and realize and try and get into the habit of realizing that you don't need to be like that. That's the same sort of thing with weights. This is going off in a little divergent for a minute. But when you're going into the gym to do weights, don't feel like just because you're not dripping with sweat and can't walk out of the gym, you need a wheelchair for Karen. Um just because you're you don't you aren't dripping with sweat and you might feel like you've not worked as hard as if you'd gone on the treadmill and done some sprints. But weights will still be hard and it still should be challenging. It's not gonna be challenging if you're only doing if you're doing a set of ten and you could you could easily do twenty reps of that weight. Weights is only as hard as you make it. So we need to pick an appropriate weight that's going to challenge us. So if we're trying to do three sets of 10 back squats, you should be really struggling for those last two or three reps. If you're not, then the weight is going to be too light. If our goal is 10 reps and you feel like you could do 15 or 20, the weight is too light. So we need to increase the weight to make it hard. But you, you doing weights, you probably won't come out dripping with sweat. You'll, you should feel like you've worked quite hard, but it's not that you'll be dripping with sweat because you're. it's not a high-intensity workout. So when people who have gone to classes before compared to people who have done weight training, it's quite hard for the people who have done classes to start doing weight training and not make it into a cardio session. You have to realize that the weight training is a totally different style of training and it's not to be made into cardio we don't need to have our heart rate jacked up really really high we don't need to be resting very little the the focus on the weight training session is on getting stronger over time and not on burning calories within that 45 minute hour session whatever it is you're doing so i don't know why i started telling you about that but that that will make sense to a lot of you i think 
Um, so yeah, that is cardio. So I probably would recommend um, try adding in a couple of steady state sessions if you can only maybe train three times a week because the training three times a week will help you get stronger. But it's, it's going to make things harder if we're not training as frequently. So you might look to either eat less calories or you might look to add in some cardio to ensure that you are burning more calories and therefore further in a calorie deficit to ensure that you are dropping body fat or, or losing weight. Now, be patient, I've written here. So being patient is something that a lot of people will struggle with. You'll probably go online and see a transformation on Instagram or Facebook or maybe even TikTok. Um, but that doesn't mean that that amount of change will happen for you in that amount of time. And this is, again, going back to the the comparing yourself to other people. Because as soon as you start comparing yourself to other people, you're going to lead yourself to feel like you're not doing as well as those people. And therefore, you're going to put yourself down um, very much so. Now, what I don't want you to do is compare yourself to other people. What I want you to do is compare yourself to where you were and where you are now. Now, that is a, a reason that we take pictures because you can see A, you can see B, you can compare them. Have I made progress? Yes, well, there you go. Well done. If no, then what can you change or how can you be more consistent and how can you ensure that you do progress? So being patient is a massive, massive thing because people, to be honest, don't don't like being patient. They don't, no do I. No one likes putting in a load of work and in the short term, seeing no results. I, I did an Instagram post on this a while ago and try and see fat loss as buying a house. Now, when you're buying a house, you put money away every single month, but you, you're not really seeing any return. You could easily go out and spend that money on dinner out or you could buy the latest series of Selling Sunset or Keeping Up the Kardashians, whatever it is you are into. No judgment here from me. Um, but yeah, you could, you could go out and buy them and you would get a short term, you'd feel that short term satisfaction because you have bought it. But it's putting that money away that is in turn going to benefit you in the long term because you're going to be able to purchase that house. The same goes for losing weight and changing your body and losing body fat. So short term, you're having to save this calories. You're trying to stay in that calorie deficit consistently. And you're going to have to short term say no to some foods. You're going to have to sh make short term sacrifice. But you've got to realize that these sacrifices are for something as long as you can be consistent with it long term because you will see results as long as you do stay consistent with it, as long as you don't give up and as long as you're doing all the things that you need to over time because it does take a long time and it's not just to say that like 12 weeks you're going to see changes, 8 weeks, 4 weeks, 16 weeks. There's no set time that you need to see changes in and there's no rush. Like, You've got your whole life, so so try not to stress out about doing this in a set time and stress out about seeing results and seeing results and seeing results because the more you stress out about seeing these changes in your body, the less you are focused on the process. And as I've said before, we need to ensure that we are paying more attention to the fo on the process and less focus on the end result. 
because the more you focus in the, on the end result, the less likely you are to enjoy the process. And this just leads to you not enjoying it and then giving up. I always have to remind people about not stressing about seeing changes in the pictures because people often expect to see them too soon. They'll be two weeks in and they're like, why am I not seeing changes yet? Four weeks in and they're they're expecting massive, massive changes in the photos. And although social media will what wants you to see it like that, that is not how it happens. And the, the transformations that you see on, on different fitness profiles, maybe on Facebook, take a long time. And to be honest, the ones who have done it short term are probably less likely to be able to sustain that. So just try not to rush the process and understand that the best thing you can do and the best thing that you can focus on is not on that end result, but it's more about what you're doing each day and each week. So ensuring that you are being accurate with your calories and ensuring that you are in a calorie deficit, ensuring that you're training hard because the harder you can train, the more efficient you can train, the better the results you'll see. Ensuring that you are getting your steps in and you're hitting your step target. These are all things that will help you progress to that end goal without even having to realize that. And the more you can focus on these small goals every single day, every single week, every month, the more of them that you can tick off short term, the more changes that you will see come the end of that 12 weeks. Now, my program is 12 weeks and I used to have sort of four week programs, eight week programs, but I ditched them because I I realized that it's too short term for people to be able to, to learn habits, to create habits and to be able to even see changes. The people that saw changes in four weeks were the ones that usually just did it, managed to, to stick to that thing for four weeks and then after it was done, they gave up. So now 12 weeks, I feel, is a good amount of time to, for people to start creating these habits and ensure that they can start sustaining them. So try and think about what you're doing long term rather than just focusing on seeing these changes in the pictures after two weeks, after four weeks. The 12 weeks is really just the beginning of your transformation, if you want to call it that. 12 weeks is really just the beginning of your changes and of the new you. So focus on creating better routines, better habits, creating changes in your lifestyle and your diet and your training that you're able to sustain. Finally, and this is not a, a sales pitch, but hire a coach. So hiring a coach is one of the best things that I have done to progress, not only in my training and like physique wise, but also in, in my business, because it's made me realize that I know what I need to do to get into shape. I know what I need to eat. I know how to train. I know how many steps I should be getting. I know all of these things. And as a PT, a lot of the time, like you think that you shouldn't have someone there as a coach. Um, you shouldn't have your own PT because you feel like you, you should know exactly what you're doing and therefore be able to do it. And this is not the case. I already had a good idea of what I was doing, but knowing it wasn't the problem. And the problem was making sure I was actually doing it and implementing it into my daily routine, into my life. Now, I knew that I had to put more effort into my training sessions. I knew I had to eat more protein. I knew I had to do more steps. All of these things I already knew. But what I didn't have around me was a 
some sort of plan or some sort of accountability that allowed me to actually do it. And it's probably the same with you. You Right now, you're probably sitting there and you could go get up at 8.30 and jump on the sofa and watch Joe Wicks um, do his school workout, whatever thing that is. Now, you could also go on YouTube and there's thousands and thousands of videos and training programs and there's thousands of stuff online that you could do right now that you could do for free. But it, it's the problem is that generally people do not value free. And if you can get something free, it's probably too easy to not do it. You could probably sit and Joe <laughs> you you could probably sit and watch Joe Wicks with a cup of tea and you know you should be doing it, but it's actually doing it that's the problem. Now that's the biggest thing I have changed. I've had someone there to keep me accountable and make me do the things that I know I need to do in order to change and not just think about me, think about doing them. Having someone there to ask me if I've done it, ask me, having someone there to maybe ask a question when I'm not sure of what I should be doing. These are all things that have forced me to change. So it's probably going to be the same for you, if not more so, because right now you might be in a position where you don't know if you you don't know about what you should be eating. You're not sure of how you should be training. You're not sure what sort of weight training program you should be following. And that linked with the knowledge of actually knowing of what to do, linked with having someone there to make sure you're doing it, will honestly make more difference that you can imagine because now it's you're not only doing it for yourself but you're also doing it for someone else and you don't want to let them down so yeah I don't care if it's me I don't care if it's someone else but honestly I would recommend hiring someone if you are serious about making changes because you will get everything you need or you should at least so yeah that is a quick eight steps on actionable things that you can do to change your body. Now, as I said at the start, it's not a magic fix. It's not that just now that you know them that things are going to change. It's hard and it's hard to make these changes in your life. You have to be willing to make these changes and go out there and do things that you didn't do before. It's not easy and the biggest thing to realize is that it does take time. So just stay patient and don't don't try and achieve things and compare yourself to people that you're seeing on social medias because comparing yourself to other people will not help. As long as you are improving on what you did before, then you are getting better and you're progressing. So focus on just doing something every single day every single week, every single month and focus on those little small progressions that you can make in your training, in your diet, in your activity levels because these things will all add up over time to create big, big changes. They will compound and multiply so that over time you'll see big, big changes and big, big results in your fat loss efforts. I hope this podcast helps give you some steps that you can take into your own life, into your own routines, that you can just straight away from here, think about what you're doing and go and change. Um, Again, thank you for listening. Feel free to 
share on your social medias, tag me. As I said, the more I, people I can help with these podcasts, the better. So please feel free to email it to your friends or send screenshots or whatever it is. Please also keep me updated on any pro- progress you're making. A lot of people have started sending me progress pictures from people that I'm not even working with. And it's always amazing to see. So please keep sending me any sort of messages or any pictures of progress because it's just so good to see um, that people are listening to my advice and that they're most of all seeing changes from it. So yeah, thank you very much. I shall speak to you soon. Have a nice day.